Sup? <laughs> All right, my man. Hello. Sup? Let's talk about the big topic here. You set yourself a goal when you came into the coaching group that you wanted to lose your virginity. You want to have sex for the first time before your 30th birthday. 30th birthday was coming up. You had like two weeks. You were like, I want to give myself a two-week challenge. You absolute mad lad, insane human being. The very next day, you post in the group and you're like, okay, guys, so I lost my virginity. I had sex. And I, when you posted that, I thought you were trolling. I was like, yeah, you're oh, really? like, making a joke. How the hell did you go from I'm a virgin, my 30th birthday is coming up to like one day later, hey, I did it? Yeah, so uh, it actually started with, I was on a call with Ed. Y'all know Ed. Andy's a poster child. Love that dude, Ivan, by the way. <laughs> but I was on a call with him and, you know, we're just talking about stuff. I think we were talking about like approaching girls and, and stuff. Just from that conversation, I kind of make challenges for myself to accomplish like my own goals. And I was like, uh, you know what? My birthday's coming up in two weeks. I'm just going to go all in. <laughs> and I feel like the conversation I was having with him was part of the reason why I was like, all right, I'm going to go all in. I was like, all right, I'm going to do 20 approaches per day. I'm going to do one photo shoot per day. I know it already sounds crazy, but <laughs> one photo shoot per day, uh, go for one style fit session per day, one boost per day and like 500 swipes per day. And I had a lot of time back then as well. So I, I could actually like go out and put in the effort. Once I mentally commit to something, I'm ready to actually do it. You know, I, I started taking like cold showers and stuff and I, I've noticed like, Anytime I mentally commit to it, I'm able to do it. If I don't mentally commit to it, can't do the can't do the cold shower the entire way, you know? But like once I had in my mind, okay, you know, like I got this two week goal, I have to do this. You know, that's basically the mentality. And so I basically like cleared my schedule, scheduled time in to to get this stuff done. And the first thing I did was and this was around like two PM on Sunday. The first thing I did was hop on Tinder. And uh, update my profile. I did a boost and I started swiping. Honestly, like 10 minutes later, this is fucking hilarious. But I matched with a girl called Andy. <laughs> Andy with an I, A-N-D-I? No, it was A-N-D-Y. <laughs> yeah, you, want, you literally probably just matched because of the name, right? Is Andy the woman that you lost your virginity with? I wish it was. Okay. Even because I'm, I was gonna radical. say that's like that's like some really interesting story. Like we could psychoanalyze the shit out of that. Hey, <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. I was hoping for it. I I told Radical about it. Uh, Cam, you know, he was like, "Oh man, I really wish you lost your virginity to a, a girl named Andy." <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, no joke. That's on my bucket list is to have sex with a woman named Andy, but it's just not a common name oh, in Australia. It's I know, like yeah, an American name. Interesting, yeah. At play. <laughs> but yeah, so that was the first match and I was like trying to, to move forward with her and uh anyways I ended up getting her number and then I matched with another girl, got her number. So I had both of these uh dates lined up. Yeah, uh Andy it, it turns out wasn't too comfortable with me yet, like just meeting up. So then I was like, All right, hopefully the other girl works out. And yeah, it turns out she was free for a date that, that same night. I invited her back to my place and she was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. So like an hour later, yeah, we're back at my place. And then I guess, yeah, before we get into the, the sexy stuff, you know, um, <laughs> I, I have uh, brought girls back to the bedroom. I guess my biggest problem was that I was never able to stay hard enough to like 
actually have sex with them. That's really what I was worried about. You know, I considered like having like, you know, Cialis or Viagra or whatever by my side, but I didn't really want to rely on it. Also, you know, I, I kind of jerked off for like the majority of my 20s to porn. And that really just messed with a lot of stuff. So yeah, you know, I was kind of like optimistic, but at the same time, I was like kind of realistic. So I was like, all right, might not be able to get it up, but I'm still going to try. I think there were a few things that the girl suggested that actually made my whole experience less nerve wracking after we had both more or less taken off our outer clothes. She was like, can we turn off the lights? That actually took like a lot of pressure off because, yeah, I guess for both people, it's like if you're insecure about some stuff. I mean, that actually made things a lot easier. Yeah, I tried fucking her like missionary, but I only stayed hard for like, I don't know, 10 seconds. Like I I couldn't put it inside because I wasn't hard enough. So then she tried giving me a a blowjob and uh, yeah, I guess due to the the porn and and the way I, I like, death grip myself i i just didn't feel any sensation at all so she was like sucking me off and i didn't feel anything like it didn't even feel like anything was there it was like there was nothing touching me it was it was crazy but that didn't help at all and then the the second thing i realized was like i started focusing on her pleasure like hearing her moan and enjoy herself made me hard and so that was like the second biggest click like i really like it when the girl is enjoying herself so i was just like all right i'm just gonna forget about myself so eventually yeah maybe i can get hard again and yeah it worked and i was like all right let's try a different position so we tried doggy next but i was still having the same issue anyways i just went back to focusing on her pleasure after that uh we tried the i actually don't know the name of this but it's like the sideways fucking position do you mean okay, like okay. spooning yeah yeah i guess it's spooning kind of that's actually the position that i jerk off the porn in <laughs> i don't know i i feel like it start it like actually influences me i guess when i'm trying to have sex is like the position i jerk off to well uh, with porn but yeah it, it worked i was hard and then yeah next thing i knew i was like you know, condom, fucking her pussy, and I was just, like, sick. I was just thinking to myself, I was like, nice, finally did it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're treating yourself like a bro or something. You're like, nice, bro, fucking yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I was, like, in my head, I just felt like being a, a virgin at, at 30 years old is, is no fun. Put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah, I guess you feel a lot of pressure from society. But, yeah, in that moment, like, it was just, like, all of that pressure just disappeared. It didn't feel pleasurable, probably because the porn kind of fucked me up, but it was mentally pleasurable. And you probably had 10,000 nerves and things in your head, and you might find the more you do it, like the more you have sex, the more you're able to relax and actually enjoy the thing. Because sex is radically different from porn, especially for guys who are virgins, you know, in their 20s or 30s. Like Mm -hmm. you're so used to porn being a very certain way, and sex is like nothing like that, like not even close. Because with porn, if something isn't satisfying you, you go, all right, next tab, 
Let me go to a different website. Let me go check out a different girl. You can Mm -hmm. even have constant novelty. So sex is just so different. And like porn doesn't require anything of you. Porn isn't like, hey, can you please make me feel good too? Can you please lick my pussy? Can we talk a little bit? Can we slow down? Can you give me a cuddle because I'm feeling a bit insecure about my body? Porn doesn't ask anything of you. And so sex is like radically different. But as you found out, sex can do one thing in particular that porn never can, where your partner's like really turned on. And something mm-hmm. about that is hot in person, even though it's exactly the same as like porn. In porn, they 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 get turned on, they moan, and all of that. It's not mm-hmm. the same as like your actual sexual partner in real life being turned on. There's something in your animal brain that goes, "Oh shit!" Like this is for real, and you realize like, "Oh, everything I did in porn, it was fun, but it wasn't like it wasn't real. It, it yeah. somehow doesn't feel as real as real sex." Yeah. Hopefully, it gives you permission to like to suck a little bit with sex. And that sounds like what you did. You know, when you're having all that pressure on yourself of like, shit, my dick isn't hard. What do I do? What do I do? Yeah. The easiest and quickest fix is to say, okay, don't worry about my dick. What if I just focus on her pleasure a little bit? What if I mm-hmm. make her feel good? What if I focus on the intimacy and the connection between us? Like yeah. my dick doesn't have to be hard. My dick's going to do whatever the fuck my dick wants to do. It's almost like not my business, what my dick does. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to focus on having a good time and having fun. Seeing as you had sex so unbelievably quickly from the moment you decided that you were going to, mm-hmm. what do you feel was the difference between like the 20, not that you were trying to get laid for 29 years, but like the point before that, what was different? Was it literally just like you said, deciding that you were going to have sex? Like essentially, why didn't you have sex in the past? Well, I also think it was a little bit of luck. It was, it was like a lot of like figuring stuff out, like, I very well could not have had sex that day if, you know, like maybe the the lights were still on and, and like I, I still had this extra pressure or that I didn't figure out that spooning sex was the one where I could actually stay hard or, you know, f- by focusing on her pleasure. Like, I feel like those were the three key things that were like, oh, OK, you know what? I can actually stay hard on my own. I guess the previous times I also gave up. Like when, when a girl was in my bedroom and I couldn't get hard, and, and I guess this was before I started like listening to your content and stuff, I felt like, all right, I failed, you know, like I'll, I'll just like let her go to sleep and then, you know, we'll wake up and we'll go our separate ways because, or I'll try again. And then if I can't, then I, I guess we're done. But I felt like if I couldn't have sex with her because I, I wasn't hard, then somehow I'd failed. And, you know, there's there's no point in like trying again or, or whatever, or trying other stuff, you know. There were points in my um, 20s where I was just like so fed up with myself and not being able to stay hard that I actually hired some escorts. And the, the first one I hired, I, of course, you know, it was still a lot of pressure because I, uh, had never done it before and i was yeah putting a lot of pressure on myself and i i couldn't stay hard so then i did it a second time i was like all right maybe it was just like the nervousness so i did it a second time like maybe like a year or two later i still wasn't able to do it and then the third time i was like all right i'm gonna try cialis or so or sudenafil i i believe i i remember this experience because i think i was like 26 years old and I remember this experience because this was technically, technically the first time that I had penis and in, in vagina, but it wasn't really sex. It was, it was kind of kind of interesting. So I was uh, not able to get hard on my own, and uh, you know I was just I was just like, all right, 
I just want to fuck her. And I was like, all right. I popped in a Sudenafil, waited like 30 minutes. And then I only got hard enough to put it inside her like once. But then I got soft after that. <laughs> so it like went in and then slipped out? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I all mean, right, does... I'll count that. <laughs> so did you count that or did you not? I was like, did I really have sex? No, I didn't. So then I was like, all right, I guess I'm still a virgin. Uh, I, I put the label on myself. <laughs> Do you feel like the label sort of held you back a little bit? Do you feel like the label was pressure, calling yourself a virgin? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It uh definitely tanked my own self-worth, made me feel like I wasn't a man, made me feel like I... I don't know. I, I couldn't really like date girls and I just felt like I didn't deserve it. So I'm still trying to figure stuff out. And I finally like figured out a few months ago with the, the extra like lessons I had learned with mm. uh, the girl I lost my virginity to, which was, yeah, those, those three about the lights and the mm. focusing on her pleasure and, and spooning. Yeah. It's almost like you're showing yourself that Especially if, if anyone listening who has like performance anxiety, plus erectile dysfunction, plus you're insecure about being a virgin, you know, all of that kind of stuff put together, it can be a lot of pressure. It's almost like you're trying to show yourself or I guess show your penis, show your body that, okay, there can be some times when I feel okay. Like if we turn the lights off and we do it in this certain position, and if I focus on your pleasure, I am able to stay at least a little bit hard. Okay. So I can be okay under those circumstances. And then you from there slowly sort of just branch out and say, okay, well, what if we turn the lights off and I try a slightly different position, but the lights are still off and I focus on her. Could I be hard then? And you sort of just explore that and try that a few times and see if you can be hard then. And then from then on, you try something else and you're like slowly almost like expanding out to see all of these different circumstances or techniques, I guess, of like, can I be hard under these circumstances? Can it still work under True, these? Yeah. And some things you might try and you go, no, this position never works. Like it's just too much pressure for me. You might try yeah. turning the lights on next and you go, no fucking way. Like the lights just kill the mood for me. Like I can't do that. And you're like mm. slowly sort of with exposure therapy, like expanding your bubble of circumstances when you can be hard, circumstances when you can have fun. And I went Ooh. through this shit too because I used to be very, I had a lot of, ED from porn. I had a lot of like insecurities. I had a lot of shame from sex because I had cheated on my first two relationships and mm -hmm. sex was this weird thing that I both loved, but also hated. Mm -hmm. And I was like slowly expanding my own bubble and I slowly <laughs> found ways to make casual sex be okay or, or see if casual sex could be okay for me. And then slowly expanded that like bubble of comfort. So I really like what you said about, um, find circumstances and show yourself what circumstances you can get hard versus the ones that you, you can't, then yeah, you can slowly start expanding and, and trying out like from, you know, where you're hard and, you know, just, just keep experimenting. I thought that was cool. I'll, I'll have to try that for myself as well. Like I, I always felt like, I mean, this is kind of been a constant thought of mine that I'll never really be able to kick the porn habit until I have a girl in my life because I eventually want to be able to replace porn with just sexual experiences with women. And right now, while I don't have anything going on, 
I don't know. I, I guess my instinct is just to turn to, to porn. And that's kind of been the biggest struggle for me is like, you know, how can I kick the habit if I have no other way to satisfy my sexual urge? And I, you know, I, I mean, in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, you know, I can go, go out and approach or I can, you know, swipe on Tinder, but I get, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something I haven't really trained myself to, to do just yet. So. It definitely makes it easier having a girlfriend or having sexual partners for sure. Like it absolutely does help because you're over replacing it with something like a mission, you know, like self-improvement or something like that. Mm. That yeah. absolutely makes it easier. But again, the thing that's helped me the most is just being kind to myself True, and yeah. not looking at it like a failure or a win. Like mm. I either, I either didn't look at porn and that means I'm a good person or I did look at porn and I'm a bad person and I failed and I'm never going to get this and what's wrong with me. Like if mm. I can sort of remove a lot of that guilt and that like frustration and just, yeah. go, oh, I looked at porn. Okay. How do I try and look at less porn or how do yeah. I go tomorrow without looking at porn? That just makes this thing a lot easier to, to extend like a little warm hug to you and, myself, I guess, and everybody else, uh -huh. most of us or a lot of us have been brought up with pornography since we were like, I don't know about you, but for me, it was like when I was 12 years old and like, yeah, it's helped me a lot to be kind to myself and say, I was a fucking child and I was essentially given heroin and nobody did oh. that intentionally. It's not like someone was trying to fuck me, but like, True, you know, yeah. I was a child. And so like, I've been an addict since I was a child. And True. so my mission is to just look at it a little bit less and slowly move away from it and all of that kind of stuff, rather than saying, what's wrong with me? Why am I looking at this? It's like, because you're a child when you were first introduced to this shit. Right. So something you said before with the sex and trying to lose your virginity in the past, do you think yeah. that that was a big switch in your mind that, you know, we're setting this deadline of I'm going to do it before my 30th birthday and whether or not you did I honestly suspect that even if you didn't lose your virginity before your 30th birthday, you probably would have just done it a month later, two months later, three months later, at some point. Yeah. Do you feel like there was more of a sense of, I will figure this out, whereas maybe in the past there was sort of the hopelessness of like, fuck, I don't know if I can even do this. And I've had clients that go through this and I've gone through this myself. For me, a good example is money. For a long time mm -hmm. with money, I believed it was hopeless and that I was never going to have money. And even if I got money, because obviously, you know, my coaching clients, you and everybody else pays me money. But yeah. for the longest time, up until maybe a year ago, I believed that, you know, even though I'm earning this money, I'm still building up a debt. And, you know, I have all these bank loans and credit card debts and tax debt and all of this. And I, I had a complete hopelessness when it came to money. Like I was convinced that, yeah, I'll earn money, but then I'll just lose it just as quick. And so it never really felt like it was going to, I was going to be successful if you get that. And yeah. then at some point something switched in my mind where I was like, no, I think I can make money. Like, I think I can pay off my debts. I think that people want coaching. I think that like something just sort of switched. And I, I went from this mm. feeling of I'm never going to make it. It's hopeless to maybe I'm allowed to earn money. Like maybe I can do this. Whereas in the past, it was like a hundred percent convinced that I was never going to do it. I guess during that, that day where the motivation was high, yeah, I was pretty convinced that I could do it because, you know, in my mind, I was going all in, like, failure. It wasn't even a consideration in my mind at that point. It was like, all right, I'm going to put in the work one way or another. This is going to happen. So, I mean, this has happened, like, yeah, yeah, with other things in my past where, yeah, like I said, if I, like, mentally commit to something, 
that's really when the, the, the switches flip. I think part of it was also like the encouragement from, and just like seeing other guys in, in the, both the, the discord and the Facebook group, just like kill it and, and motivation from them as well. Yeah. Just surrounding yourself by other people that have done the thing that you're doing, or even just watching YouTube videos like this one where yeah. you're listening to someone else who's done it. It can help you believe like, shit, maybe I can do this too. But you're almost trying to like brainwash yourself into believing that you can do it because that hopelessness creeps in so much and you're trying to shove yourself over that point so you can take some actual action and maybe achieve the thing. And then you start to believe, holy shit, I can do this. After you've, Usually after you've done it, you start believing you can do it. But yeah, like the power of having other people, man. Yeah, it's, I got to say from my own experience, it is unbelievably powerful. Yeah, there's a lot of guys in the group and and you know I um you know I I know you you had the threesome guide and I was like all right you know Andy Andy can have threesomes and but you know he's like also like uh, seems like a pretty advanced guy and but I kept seeing like guys in the Discord be like oh yeah I just had my first threesome and you know now I'm seeing like all these girls and you know I'm having threesomes pretty regularly and it's like holy shit like you know I I was actually reading something on Reddit like recently it's like guys with their SOs, have you ever had any threesomes? And all the comments were just like, oh yeah, I got a little lucky. It didn't turn out so well. And I'm here in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, I know like so many people who are doing this regularly in honest and, and non-manipulative ways. And it's just like, it's like, I can't believe this is like my reality. I'm so grateful to, <laughs> to, to be part of this community. <laughs> and it's like, I, I feel like it's like uh, it's like kind of taking the red pill in, in like the matrix, you know. It's like now that I know that this is possible by by seeing other people do it. It's like I know I can do it. I'm not even. I I have literally no doubt in my mind that I can have threesomes regularly because I've seen like all of you guys just do it, and it's just like it's not as you know, I guess difficult as, and, and like a holy grail as, as I guess one makes it out, out to be once you see like everybody else do it. So it really does help surrounding yourself by other people. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what this community is, but like, if you're wanting to lose weight, go join a bunch of people that are also losing weight or have lost weight. If you want to have a yeah. lot of sex, obviously, you know, our community does that. You want to make a mm -hmm. lot of money, go find people that make a lot of money. You just surround yourself by other people who've been the trailblazers. And then you start to believe, holy shit, maybe I can do this stuff too. What really helps like in our coaching group or just in our community is you see the other people who've done the crazy stuff that's maybe not that crazy once you've done it, but it seems crazy like threesomes. And you look at those people and you go, they are not special. They're cool, interesting guys. They're wonderful people. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, they're amazing. But like they didn't, they're not special. Like really they're not. And I can say that they're more advanced and all of that, but like they weren't advanced when they started this and I'm just mm -hmm. starting this. Like maybe I can do what they've done too. The same as like people might be listening to this podcast and be inspired by you. And yeah. they go, holy crap, this guy was a virgin, 29, almost 30, and he lost it. Maybe I can make a commitment and go on Tinder and go crazy and do like, you know, photo shoots every day, swipe on 300 girls every day, use a boost every day, do all this crap that he did. Maybe I can yeah, do absolutely. it too. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Let's segue to some of the other stuff that you did in your time in the coaching. Mm -hmm. One thing you said was, I went on a lot of interesting dates. To find interesting, do you have a memorable one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, looking back on it, there was this one girl where uh, 
to to remind you, Andy, I guess uh, it was the girl where I was like, oh, I broke her heart. And, you know, you're like, uh, oh, you didn't break her heart. You know, just a bad day. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, let's, looking let's, back on it. <laughs> let's give a tiny little bit of context for that. So, yeah, you posted in the Facebook group and you were like, oh, my God, you guys, I feel so guilty. I broke this girl's heart. And we were all like, well, that's okay. Like, you know, just tell us what you did, what happened. But the first yeah. thing I said was, I really don't think you broke some girl's heart. Like, unless you told her, like, go fuck yourself, you ugly bitch. Like, no one will ever love you. Unless you said something like that, you probably didn't break a girl's heart if you only went on one or two dates with her. So what yeah. happened? And you told us and we were like, dude, you're okay. No, you were just doing your best. Like, yeah. You didn't even do anything, really. The date just was a little bit awkward and not amazing. And you were like, oh, my God, like, I'm so bad at dates. You're putting all the pressure on yourself and all of that. Like, I have to be smooth. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to break her heart. But so this date, this girl. <laughs> well, actually, I actually gave her uh, one of your books that you recommended. I always keep like I have my own copy of Letting Go, but I always keep a second copy for somebody who I think would really benefit from it. I love that, and... man. I love that. <laughs> Anyways, so for that date. I guess she starts out in her Tinder profile by saying, like, I'm autistic. Not of a lot of guys understand, like, girls can be autistic, but, you know, I just want to put it out there. Like, I'm pretty blunt. I ask a lot of questions. And <laughs> in the back of my mind, like, after the date, I felt like I out-autistic her because of how, like, awkward I was. And and sorry, that that's not anything against actual autistic people. I just, uh, I felt really just awkward after after the date and um i invited her back to my place and then we start making out and she's like where do you think this is going well i was like well you know I, you know we can just fool around and she was like i don't like having sex on the first date and then she was like oh well what's the point of fooling around if we're not going to have sex and i was like well you know just for fun but yeah i mean we, we don't have to if you're not comfortable she, she was like no no it's okay we, we can keep making out and then I feel like I felt bad or something. And she started asking me questions about my life. And at some point, I just remember like bursting out into tears because like, I felt ashamed. She was like asking me like, how many girls have you been with? And why didn't you date a lot in high school and, and college? And you know, I started telling her like, yeah, I guess my dating history and whatever. She was like asking all these questions. And then yeah, I guess I just started crying somewhere because it probably triggered some pain points and then she started comforting me and then she saw this uh, bdsm kit that i had in my room i mean that that's a transition right there is it <laughs> she saw this uh bdsm kit in my room and she's like oh you're into bdsm i was like yeah you know i i, I want to try it out sometimes and she put the collar on herself and gave me the leash she was on her knees and started walking around and I was like had her like a inch away from my face and I was like I thought you didn't want to do anything and she was like uh oh well you know I might be down and then I was just so confused that I was just like uh actually you know I I, I gotta get going <laughs> basically and then I, I think somewhere in there I was, we were talking about books and you know I was like I, I think you'd like this uh letting go book I think it would really help with some of the emotions that you're facing but yeah while i was dropping her back she was like really quiet and i was like is everything okay and i don't know during the car ride i just felt like yeah i don't know something didn't quite vibrate oh oh we had a conversation about casual sex i was still struggling to understand why i wanted casual sex and like 
I didn't even know how to explain that to other girls. And so that, that was a whole like learning experience for me as well. I remember making another post about that, but I think she was uncomfortable about that. And whenever I dropped her off, she was just like quiet. So my, my guess is, okay. You know, she had this like weird experience with me probably threw the book away, but whatever. Um, I don't actually know what happened a few days later. I was like, I felt like I was a dick to her. So I was like, Hey, I just wanted to, I text her like, Hey, I just wanted to, um, explain, you know, what, what was going on during the date. And she was like, all right, you can explain. And, <laughs> and I said, I don't know. I, this also felt kind of weird, but I sent her like a text of like why, uh, casual sex was okay. <laughs> and she, she just never replied to that. I don't know. It was it was like more cathartic for me because like I didn't want to leave on such a note. Uh, it felt like unfinished, and and just sending, being able to send those texts, kind of like closed the chapter, the book for me. And so that was that was nice. You tell a story of like a bad date, and I was a dick, and all of that. That mm-hmm. really isn't my view of it. Mm-hmm. I just see a guy trying to do his best, and a girl trying to do her best. True, I see yeah. a guy that opened up and was vulnerable, and was able to share some of the stuff that he went through when he was younger and then he tried to do his best. And then a girl that awkwardly wanted to have sex and neither of them really knew how to communicate because we're all kind of learning to communicate a little bit better. Yeah. Certainly weren't a dick. In fact, I think you were kind of the opposite. I think you were really, really nice. And I've had this conversation with so many people in my audience, generally speaking, If you're sitting there saying, I feel like a dick and I feel bad and I think I was a dick, you're probably not a dick. Not that I think that anyone really is a dick, but like you're the least likely person to be a dick. If you're literally sitting there saying, I just want to make sure she has fun. I want to make sure she feels good. I don't want her to feel sad. I want her to feel good. I don't want it to be awkward. It's like you're probably not the person that's capable of hurting someone. You think you did. And you're probably going to overanalyze and – but. Dating can be messy sometimes. There's there's two people with feelings and thoughts, and we aren't yeah. necessarily taught how to communicate. We certainly aren't taught uh-huh. concepts like we're both on the same team. We can be honest and authentic. Those are we're kind of taught the opposite of those things. Mm-hmm. And so I think you were doing your best, and she was doing her best. I think, like you said, it was a a learning experience. And if yeah. it still feels confusing to you, you're like, I have no idea what that was or what went on or any of that. You can always text her, and she probably, I say probably, she might not respond this late, but you could try. But in the future, whenever you're not sure about something and you're like, what is this person thinking? Is this awkward? You can just literally blurt that out. Like, this feels awkward. Like, what are you thinking right now? I can't guarantee that everyone will always give you the honest answer, but most people are pretty honest in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. But this is kind of, I wouldn't expect any more of yourself. Like, I yeah. wouldn't be putting pressure on yourself as the person who doesn't have a lot of dating experience to be smooth and confident and know True, what the yeah. fuck's going on and be captain BDSM and never cry in front <laughs> of someone. And it's like, that's almost True, something yeah. you earn. That confidence is something you earn. And, and mm. that doesn't mean you don't deserve it right now. That's not what I mean. But, like, confidence just comes with practice. So. Yeah. I just wanted to share another interesting story, if, if that's cool. Oh, yeah. This is probably the longest time it took me to ask out this girl and she was she was like the gym receptionist i felt like so much i guess social repercussions if i'm going back to that same place then i'm gonna have to see this girl again i don't know that kind of psyched me out so 
I always had like a pretty good crush on her. Like in January or something, I finally got the balls to to talk to her because I'd been psyching myself out. And I, I remember that was like a pretty big win because I was like, in terms of like me psyching myself out, it was it was pretty bad. It was like I was having so much anxiety just to even talk to her. Yeah, I guess during your coaching, I remember like it being a goal for me to uh, ask her out. I, I told everybody I was going to do it. I committed to myself that I'm going to do it. I know I'm scared, but I got to do it. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, I, I think I stayed like at the gym like an hour longer cause, just because I was so nervous, you know? Because like, yeah. I was like, where should I approach her? You know, should I approach her near the weights? And I was like, no, there's too many people around. So I didn't approach her at the weights. I was like, all right, I'm tired of, you know, waiting around. <laughs> I got to do this approach now. I, I just remember like going up there and I remember her friend and the smoothie employee were within earshot. Just remember like tapping her on the you know, shoulder. I was like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? I was shaking all over. I could hear the nervousness in my voice. And I was like, hey, uh, yeah, I just wanted to come over here and tell you that I, you know, I, I just thought you were really attractive and was wondering if you want to go out uh, for drinks sometime. I I definitely overthought this like response a lot afterwards. She she replied with something like, "Oh, I don't do one night stands." And in my mind, I was thinking like, "Oh, I wasn't asking you for one night stands. I want to keep seeing you." But then I was so nervous that I didn't like actually say that out loud. After that, I was like, "Dang it! Now she thinks I only want a one night stand." <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, you know, I'm I'm never gonna like forgive myself for that one." Yeah, I'm just super glad I asked her out. And I think you can tell yourself an, a nice story, nicer story than that. You tell yourself uh, the story of like, she literally assumed that I have a whole bunch of one night stands, which means mm. she assumes that I have a lot of sex. That's a nice mm. assumption. Thank you for assuming that. Cool. Yeah. I would have taken that as a compliment and said, holy fuck. Like, for the record, by the way, I don't have a lot of sex, but like, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, thank you. That's nice. I appreciate yeah. that cool, I'm going to go and keep that forever. And you can kind of file that away in your little filing cabinet in your head and go, nice, someone thinks that yeah. I have a lot of sex. That's cool. To add on a little bit more detail for, I guess, these two girls, the gym receptionist, I noticed her checking me out like a lot. And yeah, she was she was very attractive. So that was kind of like half the reason where I was like, all right, I think this has a good chance of working out. Let me go ask her out. With the previous girl she told me she was like you're very attractive you're like one of the most attractive guys i've seen maybe not like most attractive but she, she definitely said like you're a very attractive guy so that was that was cool to hear you are but i can see how you wouldn't believe that because i didn't believe it before i'd had a lot of sex because we look sure. at that as yeah. the evidence we're like well i haven't had a lot of sex especially as guys we don't mm -hmm. tend to get told or we don't tend to believe it when we do get told. We don't tend to get told that much that we're attractive. And so we just go around thinking, I must be ugly as fuck. How do I know that? Well, because I haven't had a whole lot of sex. That's my proof. And it's like, yeah, but you haven't had a whole lot of sex because of erectile dysfunction, performance anxiety, porn, nervousness, fear, like yeah. all of that kind of stuff. It's not because you're unattractive. So yeah, it's a nice realization to have. And on the note of talking to approaching attractive women that was something that you put in your final post you know you said i did a shit ton of direct approaches and mm. it was with more attractive like very attractive women that i was afraid to approach you definitely embrace that like com not confident like 
courageous side of yourself in the time in your coaching in your time yeah. in the coaching program you did a whole lot more approaches and sort of threw yourself in there i think i can summarize your entire time in the coaching uh -huh. program we can sum it up with one word and that word would be bravery you were so oh, fucking you. brave man and yeah i think most people who come to the program are brave but it wasn't all entirely smooth sailing for you <laughs> as you know Oh, there yeah. were so many moments, brother, where you were like feeling overwhelmed. You were uh, like procrastinating. You had days yeah. where you're like, motherfucker, I can't get out of bed. I can't get out of the shower. Like I'm feeling stressed. I'm, I'm yeah, going yeah. through this anxiety. Like I just want to fucking quit. And you were yeah. so unbelievably like vulnerable. I can't believe how fucking real and honest you were with the coaching program. And that's not really with us in the program. And that's not really going to show up, you know, in this video, but. Jesus Christ, man, there were so many moments where you were feeling, like I said, completely overwhelmed, where you were like, yeah. I don't know if I can do this. Like, I want to fucking quit. Like, why am I even here? And you showed mm -hmm. such bravery and courage by posting about it, by taking little baby steps and going, okay, how do I solve this problem? You had that yeah. sort of stuff at work as well with your boss and, you know, colleagues and stuff like that, where you're like, fuck, like, I don't know if I can do this particular task, or I don't know if I'm going to be at work yeah. on time and all of that. Man, yeah. you showed, like, so much courage, like... Thank you. What would you say to someone maybe who's going through the same sort of, like who's feeling anxiety or procrastinating or doesn't think that they can make it? Like, because you learned or tried a lot of different techniques in the program and like we gave you a few ways to deal with overwhelm and anxiety and all of that. Yeah. What would you say to someone else who's feeling that and wants a little um, bit of a boost, a little bit of help? The thing that you told me that I still carry with me to this day, no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. And, and that like really made like the world of difference because it's just like, you know, I can choose to stress over this event or, you know, I can accept that it's, it's happening and then just, you know, take all that pressure off myself. It's going to be okay. And like, even the job that I had during the coaching, I was putting so much pressure on myself to like meet certain metrics and like really just perform and and make my customers happy and and all this other stuff and it's like i'm putting all that pressure on myself and sometimes even whenever i left work for the day i would just sit in my car and cry because you know i was like all these expectations i was putting on myself i wasn't able to meet them and then once you're like oh dude you, you don't have to like you don't have to put all these expectations on yourself you don't have to be perfect you know, you can just show up and, and, and do your best. And I was like, wow, I guess I can. And just like having that realization is like, yeah, sure. You know, there, there's going to be days where I do want to try harder to like see if I can improve my metrics or just go up above, above and beyond for a customer. But, you know, I don't have to like start off every day with like, all right, I have to be perfect, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to put into everybody's head that everything is okay and everything will be okay. And yeah. you don't have to always believe that, you know, I don't always believe that in my own life, but it is true. If mm -hmm. I take away all the stress and the thoughts and the pressure and the expectations, like I'm okay, everything's okay. And so, yeah, you, I, I was glad that you were able to have that realization because you were someone that put a lot of pressure on yourself. I think mm -hmm. you still do. And hey, that's yeah. okay. I do too. There is literally a video in the coaching program called I put pressure on myself all the time. So it's okay if you do too. Like, <laughs> but we're trying to do our best. Yeah. We come up with these like 
unwritten rules that we literally just made up where we're like, I have to be amazing for my customers. I have to be smooth on a date. I can never be awkward. I can never make a girl feel bad. I have to make lots of money. I have to be super attractive. My dick has to always work. You know, if you're a woman, maybe it's like, I have to look pretty all the time. I have to be a good girl. I have to Mm -hmm. never bother anybody. I have to always be agreeable. We make these rules up and then we beat ourselves up when we don't meet those insanely high expectations. And it's great having like standards for yourself. But I think it's worth throwing in a little bit of like, if I ever don't meet those standards, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still trying to meet those standards. Yeah. Yeah, allowing a little bit of room for being human because we are, we have emotions, we have a lot going on, we have a lot that we're dealing with, a lot we're trying to improve, a lot we're trying to be for other people and for ourselves and all of that. So mm-hmm. I, I was glad you were able to embrace that because you are such a fucking lovable, wonderful guy. And Thank you. you're probably your, your biggest critic and that's okay because guess what? I fucking am my own biggest critic too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was nice seeing you go through that sort of journey to get to that point of like, maybe I don't have to be perfect all the time. Yeah. I also think that it helps to have like supportive environments. Like in the jobs that I've had, everybody just is so invested in like my growth. And also they're just nice people to be around. It's just like in all areas of your life, just having supportive people is is number one for sure. Yeah. And you can kind of say the flip side of that as well, like building support, building a support network or a a group of people around you that are just nice, whether that's at work, friends, Mm -hmm. coaching, sex, whatever it might be, but you can also kind of do the opposite. And maybe if there's someone, and I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to this. Maybe you have someone in your life that's a little bit of a, a downer, or they're just a little bit negative, or they're just maybe not helping you in your growth and your goals and stuff like that. You don't have to completely cut them out, though some people listening might do that and go, fuck, man, maybe I am going to cut that person out. Maybe I'm going to quit my job and go somewhere else. But you can just spend a little bit less time with that person or maybe open up to them a little bit less and kind of distance yourself a little bit. One of the most positive things I ever did in my life was cut out all negative influences. Like, Mm -hmm. stop watching any negative YouTube videos. Turn the TV off. Never watch TV. Don't watch any YouTube videos that I think are going to be negative. Cut out any negative people in my life. If I'm, I've even taken it to the point where, you know, if I'm in a conversation with someone and they're just, like, complaining, which happens. Like, random people on the street will complain when you talk to them. I will just, like, cut the conversation off. And not in a rude way. But I'll just be like, hey, that's amazing. I'm going to like, I'm going to head off now or I'll change the yeah. subject or I just, I don't sit there and listen to that. And that's been such an incredible like boon to my life. I don't yeah. have those negative voices coming in because I feel like we have enough negativity coming in our own heads sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if I want negativity, I'll just listen to the voice inside my head because that's almost always going to be negative or judgmental. It's kind of, right. The thoughts just kind of come out of nowhere, don't they? Like, I'm not good right. enough. I need to do more. I should help more people. I need to earn more money. I'm a loser. I'm not mm. interesting. I'm not funny. I don't have, That yeah. person's better than me. That person mm. is a piece of shit. That person's fat. They're not good. Like, those thoughts mm. are always kind of there. So I don't really need more added from other people. Yeah. I think a really good example of negative voices that you had in your head was around casual sex. Remember mm. how you had that sort of like, would you call it guilt or a feeling of like you were bad for wanting casual sex? Yeah, shame, guilt, kind of like mm. I'm not allowed to have casual sex 
because it's shallow. You had guilt and shame around casual sex. Like you were worried that it was shallow. And yeah. one of the things that I do a lot in the coaching program is I'm, I'm not, and I try and do it in my content too. I'm not really there to convince anyone of anything. Like that's, mm-hmm. I don't see that as my job. Like I, I'm not the expert. I'm not the person that knows you are like, yeah. it doesn't matter what Andy's opinion is. Cause you're not Andy. It matters mm-hmm. what your opinion is because you're you, like you're the one that has to deal with the consequences. So I said, all right, what if you were to write out a list of reasons like why you want casual sex. And then you're basically checking with yourself. If you think casual sex is shallow or not. And it doesn't matter what our opinion is. It doesn't matter if I think it's shallow or I think it's beautiful. Who cares? Like Mm -hmm. it's your fucking opinion. So I will read out this post. It's quite Mm -hmm. a long post. So I'll read the whole thing out and then we can talk about it. But man, this was like a really good post that you made. And again, like the point of the post was not us to convince, not for us to convince you. It was for you to actually check what you actually thought. Cause a lot of the time we have like guilt or shame around something, but it's not really what we think. It's like other people have told us that it's bad or shallow and we've kind of taken that on, but we've never said like, wait, what do I actually think? I feel like maybe talking about casual sex Maybe I even filtered myself because I didn't want other people to judge me. And so I, I wasn't, I, I might not have just been able to be as open. I'm curious to sure. hear what it sounds like too. <laughs> yeah, because you probably haven't read this. This was quite a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. I want casual sex for multiple reasons. Not to have an extra notch under my belt, but I see it as a giant self-improvement journey where I get to figure out the kind of man I want to be and learn how to communicate better with each woman and be more honest and be a great lover by getting good at sex and become a great partner by practicing those values like honesty and communication with a girl that I want to build something with. I want to explore my kinks and help a girl explore her kinks. I want to leave girls better off than I found them, and I want to be unapologetically me without shame, guilt, self-judgment, and all of that. It's going to take time, but I think that each woman will help me get better at it. I want to have fun with women, and I want them to be able to drop their guard around me, be free from judgment, and just enjoy their time with me. So this is more than just me wanting pussy. Yes, I want that, but I also want the growth that comes with it. I also want to learn exactly what I want in a woman, because I eventually want to settle down and have kids. I also want complete dating and sexual freedom. And that's not going to happen in an exclusive relationship. And it's also going to take time to get. I want to meet and attract the hottest of women and a variety of women. So I will have experienced women to the fullest by the time I'm ready to settle down. Casual sex to me isn't shallow. I know what I want and I'm going to go after that. That's why I want casual sex right now. Those are some pretty beautiful reasons, my man. I agree with that. Well, yeah, you wrote it. <laughs> no, I know. after hearing it again, I, I uh, think uh, I think I still agree with it. Yeah, yeah, and if it's your reasons, which was why I got you to do this, and anybody else listening, if you have any doubt or guilt around any of your goals, like like it doesn't matter what the goal is, do something like this. Like ask yourself, wait, why do I actually want this thing, or why do I think it's shallow? What like a better question is, why do I want this thing? And we say all the time, if something is important to you. Like if it's actually important to you, not just that you think you should do it, that doesn't count. But if it's actually something you really want and it's important to you, why would that be shallow? Like one of our old clients, Ravi, you know, who you know, yeah, he has this really great saying where he says, your desires are sacred. 
So in other words, if something is a desire of yours, if something is important to you, as long as it's not hurting anybody else, then, hey, fucking go for it. Like, don't let anybody talk yourself out of it, especially not yourself. And I think a lot of the time we talk ourselves out of goals because we're like, other people are going to judge me on this. Other people are going to say it's stupid or shallow or wrong or dumb. And I've had those same, like, doubts and insecurities as well. But I've just found so much happiness from asking myself, what do I want? And then trying my best not to worry about what someone else might say. And yeah, sometimes you do still worry about what other people will say. That's, you know, that can be part of being human. But if I can just go for what I want, my life is a lot more, I don't know, honest. It's like I'm acting mm-hmm. with integrity. Yeah. Do you feel more happy about casual sex now? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think um, it's going to be something I'm going to focus on for the next few weeks just because like, I I felt the most confident that I've ever felt in my entire life in the job front in like just ever like, and and it started in in August and it's continuing and uh, I want to ride that and uh, just move myself to a better like financial position. So I'll, yeah, to be honest, just probably hold off on any sort of uh, sex life forward growth soon. But I do know whenever I get there, I'm going to go full steam ahead excited for that part because i i had uh there, there's another guy in the coaching group well he's one of my accountability partners and and i won't say his name but i described him as a fuck boy and, and he loved that comment and uh does his name start with a yes he's like the sweetest guy he's like the I nicest know. guy yeah and and like we call him a <laughs> fuck boy jokingly and he's like yeah you're right he takes it every time as a compliment yeah <laughs> but uh it was very interesting like i, I i've been talking to him uh, for accountability and yeah he's a little bit farther along than me but we have a very similar personality and he's always telling me like dude once you start focusing on your sex life i know you're gonna like just crush it just because you know we're so similar and you know he's crushing it and so i'm i'm honestly just really excited to go into that part see where i can take it i'll read out something that you wrote because it's related so you wrote this in your final post talking about accountability partners You said, you guys have been there on my good days when all I wanted to do was share my progress, but you've also been there on my bad days when I just wanted to shut myself in my room and keep to myself. It's a fantastic feeling knowing I have a group of guys to back me up any day, no matter how bad my day gets. Thank you all for helping me on this self-improvement journey. I'm happy with all the friendships I've made here, and I look forward to the memories we will share in the future. And of course, I'll be staying active in the community in the Discord. How much did it help having other people like a support network, I guess, like outside of me. Yeah. You know, obviously you're in a coaching program with me, but how much did it help just having other brothers and sisters there that are working on the same shit as you? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's like, it's everything, you know, I would say it's, it's uh, like 10 times more valuable than just like one-on-one coaching just cause you know, like, like we said throughout this uh, talk, you know, just watching other people crush it makes you of course want to crush your own goals and then also it proves to you that the more you see it it proves to you that it's like more and more possible like i've seen yeah just from the discord you know i've seen multiple people they start their business now you know some of them are like making like 1k a month there's another guy um he's a photographer he just made 10k this past month and that's just like it it blew my mind it's like i couldn't even imagine myself like making 10k in a month and i i know you made like 50k in a month andy but yeah just seeing him do 10k in a month is like wow 
if he can do it, you know, so can I. Everything yeah. I've ever done, like me, Andy, has uh, been with other people around me. You know, people supporting me, that's sometimes friends, sometimes coaches, sometimes just forums and communities. I see a lot of people that try and do their self-improvement completely alone. And I really think it is just playing on nightmare mode, especially for the times when this shit is rough. Because let's be honest, like self-improvement, there are some moments where you feel like it's a little bit rough. You feel a little bit lonely. So whether someone joins my coaching program or they just go and get some friends together to start working on some shit or they join some sort of community, like I really would encourage everybody to have somebody else or multiple other people in your corner. Don't fucking do this shit alone. It's like literally a hundred times harder and you make a hundred times less progress and you feel a hundred times more lonely and you are a hundred times more likely to quit because you're like, maybe I suck at this. Maybe this isn't for me. You kind of need someone there to reassure you to say like, no, keep going. Like you're doing a good job. And, and also, well, I'm, I'm curious to see what, what you think about this. A lot of people feel tougher or better whenever they're like, Mm. oh yeah, this is harder. And so the progress is going to be more worth it. I call that lone wolf syndrome. You're trying to be the lone wolf who's like, I'm top dog. I'm a fucking alpha male. It's usually men who do this. I I haven't really found any women who like don't have any support network. But there are so many guys that are like, I guess I just have to do it all by myself. Or maybe they're just used to doing it by themselves. And there's a couple of guys in the coaching program right now. You might not know who I'm referring to, but there's a couple of guys in there right now who literally came to build a support network. I have two guys in there that were like, I am literally just here for the coaching so that I can have some fucking friends that will push me with self-improvement because I've always done it alone. And I realized that I'll get 10 times more done if I have other people. So yeah, it it is a, I used to have the same shit too. It's like a very ego thing where we're like, I want all the credit and I get more credit if I do it on hard mode. And it's like, sure, you get more credit, but there's less to get credit for. Like, you're going to achieve 10 times less. So, like, sure, you get 100% of the credit. But I think, you know, at some point, something switched in my own brain. I was like, I would rather achieve 100 or 1,000 times more and I don't get all the credit versus I achieve 1% of that, but I get all the credit. And the further you go with this stuff anyway, you start introducing gratitude into it. You start being thankful for the other people that have helped you. And at some point, you realize, fuck, I don't need the credit. I don't even want the credit. Yeah. Like I actually feel good when I give gratitude to other people. I'm mm-hmm. actually really thankful when someone pushed me. I want that more. It becomes almost addictive. You become addicted to other people like supporting you and pushing you and you doing yeah. the same with them. And then you go, fuck, why the hell did I ever want to do this by myself? That was lonely. And so what? So I, here's the other thing to think. If you're sort of sitting there going, I want all the credit because I want to do this shit on my own. Great. But like, who 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 realizes that you get all the credit? Only you. Like nobody else sees it. And not that yeah. we're just doing everything for validation of other people, but it is kind of nice having other people go, good job. You're doing a great job. Like great job succeeding. Great job like achieving this big thing. That feels nice. But if you're off by yourself getting 100% of the credit by yourself, nobody else fucking sees that. And you don't get to celebrate and share in that and have that gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start wrapping up. What would you say to someone who's sort of on the fence about coaching? The money can be made back, but the time, you know, the time's going to disappear. This self-improvement journey, you might think, oh, you know, I'm just going to spend six months and I'll hit my goal. It's going to take a hell of a lot of time, (laughs) a lot of time to to get where you want to be. You know, this whole like lone wolf thing, 
it might feel nice to accomplish that. But I have a, a friend, he got into like wanting to get better with women when he was 16 and he's 30 now. And he had just so much like, I guess, bitterness and, and trauma towards like spending that much time on it. And it's like, at the end of the day, do you want all of the pain attached to like doing it yourself? Or would you rather just speed it up and, you know, get the, the growth a group of people who, of course, want to see you succeed will help you succeed. But yeah, I mean, just just joining will shave. It'll shave a, a lot of time off. I I don't think I would be nearly as far as I am. And and it's not even just about the results. It's also about the mentality. I feel like this community specifically has a very just like authentic and loving way we go about self-improvement and and like even other communities I've, I've seen is they only focus on getting good with women but they don't focus on like i guess the mental aspect of it um it's kind of like yeah results at the cost of everything else and and they don't focus on getting your health in order having people support you which i think is very important and it, yeah definitely helps to have uh people looking out for you on your bad days i love that my man any yeah. final shout outs? The Discord community, love those guys to death. All my accountability partners, yeah, you and Cam have uh, helped a ton. Look, look <laughs> I, I feel like I've said this a thousand times, but I feel like there were like a few inflection points in my life. One of the inflection points I had was joining your coaching. And I feel like from then on, everything just like, change fundamentally it's literally like like i said it was like taking the red pill in the matrix i can't believe the things i know and i'm very grateful <laughs> i guess looking back on i guess being having the life experience that made me want to find that kind of content in the first place and yeah sure i'm gonna lose 10k but you know i can make that 10k back as you know as i just said when um the, the photographers like made that all back in a month and the money will come back, but time and, and knowledge I've gained is just like incredible. I'm super grateful for you, my man. Thank you for <laughs> coming on. Thank you for being brave. Thank you for being part of this community. Yeah, thank you.